to St. John's Sermons, a podcast from St. John's Lutheran Church, North Prairie, Wisconsin, a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We offer this podcast with the loving encouragement to use it as a supplement to your own regular reception of the Lord's gifts of forgiveness and life in word and sacrament on the Lord's day. The Lord bless your hearing of these sermons. with help from the other two readings. Dear friends in Christ, here is the word. All the big terms were there in the epistle lesson. They also cross over into the gospel. We Lutherans uh, are probably great Scrabble players because we love good words. Um, Or at least our Lutheran theology loves good words. I don't know about you, though. I don't know if you're the sort of person who can just pick up a dictionary and read for the joy of learning a new word, or pick up a thesaurus and read for the joy of learning a new word. I've known people like that. Yeah, your geeky pastor sometimes is a person like that. He's got a couple in the family like that as well. But I know that most people really aren't. Meanings of words only go so far, and not everybody likes to read dictionaries. They're reference books. You might all have a collection of reference books in your house, but how often do you really go there? Right? That's why I was looking this week, as I was looking at those texts, especially at Ephesians, where where really three gigantic Christian terms are bandied about pretty pretty loosely in in Ephesians chapter 2. First, there's love, midway through that section that we heard before. And then in the sort of defining verse for many for our Lutheran theology, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And there you have it. Three big terms. Love, grace, faith. Three big terms that are kind of easy to misdefine. Three big terms that uh, maybe a lot of Christians have gone, ah, well, you know. Find some other way to say it, Pastor. That's why I thought of baseball. That's why we talked about baseball in the children's lesson. Seems to me that baseball simplifies the whole discussion a little bit, maybe too much, but uh, one of the interesting things about the sport of baseball, if you're a baseball lover, is that it actually is a combination of two very different styles of sports. You have the team element of sports. It is a team sport, right? You got nine players in the American League. Technically, you have ten because you have a designated hitter who hits for the pitchers, so you always come up with a ten-man lineup at the beginning of each game. It's a team sport, but it also has one of the most compelling one-on-one matchups in all the sports as well, and that's the other style of sport. There's team sports, and then there's individual competition sports, like golf, like tennis. Tennis has some team, things like that. 
But baseball combines the best of both, and the pitcher versus batter duel is one of the most compelling one-on-one duels in all of sports. Of course, when that duel is really going, that's when a lot of us start to fall asleep during a game. Right? A lot of people think that good baseball is scoring 10 runs and hitting 5 home runs. That's not good baseball. Good baseball is centered on pitching. You don't win World Series, hint, hint, Milwaukee Brewers, without great pitching. It doesn't happen. The Atlanta Braves proved that year after year after year back in the 90s. And that dominating thing they were doing, although they did lose a few World Series in the process, but they were always getting there because they had great pitching, some of the best in baseball history. Faith is a pitcher's duel. You and I are not the pitchers, although we are given the privilege to take the ball then back out into the world and pitch it at our loved ones and pitch it at people who do not know Jesus, pitch it at anyone we get a chance to. But the reality is it begins with us first learning how to catch. It begins with us first learning how to receive. And that's what the word grace and faith, especially in Ephesians 2, are really talking about. They're talking about pitching and they're talking about catching. God's grace is the forgiveness of sins that he pitches at you. Today at at his altar where Christ's body and blood are received, you will catch that forgiveness. You will receive that forgiveness, which defines faith as really a passive thing. And in that forgiveness of sins, you are brought together into a body called the church. Okay, we'll call it a team for now. Isn't it interesting, though, how people today talk about, for instance, the church? And how that connects to a sort of fundamental misunderstanding of salvation. We talk about the church as really not all that important. What matters is just me and God which would be like having a baseball game with just a pitcher and a catcher and no one else out in the field. What matters is just that God and I are okay. Everybody else, well, they're free to believe whatever they want. That's not the way Christianity works. Christianity is a team game. Through the forgiveness of sins, through these gifts that we hold and share in common, Ephesians 2, 42 through 47, we are brought into a body that holds these things together. After the Pentecost sermon, it said, they, the disciples, continually were devoting themselves as a group to the apostles' teaching, to the, uh, to the koinonia, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the praying, the corporate they were thinking not like individuals. They were starting to think like a community. They were starting to think like a team. And one of the things that people still complain about in our day and age is the sort of overall lack of community in America. We, and this comes out in a lot of different discussions. We're, we're disappointed in what's happened to the small town. I totally get that. I've done most of my ministry in small towns. <laughs> And you talk to the 70, 80, 90-year-olds in your congregation and ask them to talk about their town 50 years ago. Stronger sense of community, stronger sense of togetherness. You knew who your neighbors were. You partnered with them. You did all those things, but now we're in this age of me, myself, and I. And we might let God be part of that too, as long as God's willing to play catcher and not pitcher. 
see how this works. This is how it is in our day and age. And the sad reality is that you see what's happening. You see what's happening to our world. You see what's happening to our nation. You see what's happening to our society because we've lost this. We've lost it on a huge, huge level. There is a tremendous, tremendous peace that comes from receiving what God has to give. There's a tremendous joy. And that's the big word for Lent, for the fourth Sunday in Lent. There's a tremendous joy that comes from knowing that, yeah, God has forgiven your sins. And you know what? He's forgiven your neighbor's sins too. And you may want to remember that. You've got that in common with that person, and a community can get built. A friendship can get built. There's a tremendous thing that comes from remembering that this thing called Christianity is not a a, a, a one-on-one sport. It's a team sport. We're all in this together. Out there in the wilderness, Israel was forgetting this. God had gotten them out of Egypt miraculously with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And time and time again out there in the wilderness, what do they do? Do we have to keep eating this food that God's providing from heaven to keep them alive out there in the wilderness? They start complaining about it. They forget whose team they're on. They forget who's the boss. They also forget what a gracious and loving King and Lord He is. I don't think Paul's writing to the Ephesians the way he is in Ephesians 2 because the Ephesians don't have that same problem. And Jesus, in his words in our gospel lesson to a Jewish religious leader named Nicodemus, is helping Nicodemus realize that even though Nicodemus thinks he's got his doctrinal ducks in a row and he's got everything right, (laughs) Nicodemus thinks he's maybe a good Lutheran theologian, he may not entirely be correct. He's got a God who doesn't love. He's got a God who receives everything we do for Him and then weighs you on a scale to see how well you did. And Jesus says, i got something better. i got a God who loves the world. i got a God who sends His one and only Son into the world to save it. And offers that salvation to the whole world. Now you and I know the whole world has not heard this. Or if they have heard it, they've dismissed it. But you have a God, and you're here hearing it right now, who has loved you. Who gave up his one only son into death for you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. And we all have this thing together. That Old Testament reading is a little disturbing, isn't it? God sends fiery snakes into the camp of Israel to teach them a lesson. But don't think for one second that those things we see in our world today aren't just as akin to the fiery snakes that we actually, Israel brought them on itself. And we bring it on ourselves as well. In 1966, we built this building. Why? We built it so that you would have a safe place to come to from all the world's fiery serpents, all the things that come after you. We built it so that you would have a place where you could come and be a catcher. 
You could come and be a, re- a receiver. You could come and receive God's gifts. We dedicated this building to that mission, to the giving out of God's gifts to God's people and hopefully the rest of the community and the world as well. Because God's love is not just a thing for you and for me. It's a thing that he wants for the whole world. For God so loved the world. Those nations that were chasing Israel, Israel around out in the wilderness could have stopped chasing and realized what a tremendous God they had. A God who led them through a divided Red Sea. A God who provided water from rocks and a God who provided um, bread from heaven to keep them going on their journey. The world today could look at his church, God's church, and see a group of people gathered around a God who did not demand that you meet some sort of standard to be saved. We want you to show a Christian standard when you go out the door. But when you came in the door, and we started this service, and we began it with a confession of sins, you were telling God, I'm not, God, I've missed the standard. All week I've missed the standard. And what you're running into is a God who loves you. Definition of love. Sent as one and only son to the cross to bear the burden sin that you and I don't have the strength to bear. You came into this church and you ran into a God of grace who heard your confession and didn't get angry but looked on you in mercy and forgave your sins. Not just once. We, we believe he does it through the preaching of the words. So he's doing it right now. He's going to do it again here at the altar here in a few minutes. He's pretty rich. He keeps pitching. He keeps throwing. He keeps it coming to us. And when you came in, you didn't come into this building confessing the powerful faith that was your doing and that you're living out powerfully every day. You're simply receiving that faith along with the grace and along with the forgiveness of sin so that you get to be a better receiver, better catcher every time you come in here. That's the other thing. Baseball players practice. Even professional baseball players practice every day. Welcome to both practice and game. Right here, in this building, right now, receiving the gifts that he has to give you. On this fourth Sunday in Lent, nicknamed Rejoice, Lightara, we rejoice. We may not do it with the, the word which we cannot mention in the season of Lent that begins with an A and ends with an A. But we still rejoice. Because we're part of the greatest team on earth. We're part of the Christian church. We are receivers of his gifts, receivers of his grace. And we stand in the love of God in Christ Jesus. And even as we draw closer and closer to a very strange Friday that looks anything but good, we rejoice because it is good. Good for you and good for me. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.
This podcast is a service of St. John's Lutheran Church in North Prairie, Wisconsin. For more information, including location, service times, and links to other Lutheran agencies, please visit our website at www.stjohnsnp.org. That's www.stjohnsnp.org. Theme music performed by Mr. Philip Magnus. Thank you.